0: This is New England Patriots running back and three-time Super Bowl champion James White. You're listening to The Two-Minute Drill. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of The Two-Minute Drill podcast. I'm Adam. I'm joined by my buddy, Dan. Unfortunately, we have no Kev here tonight. He's busy. Had a lot of great week one games going on last week, and we have a great week two coming up, so we're going to dive into that and talk about a little bit of Cam Newton and uh, talk about our game picks as well so Dan let's dive right into it
1: all right uh, kick it off real quick with the uh, week one results from our game picks yours truly led the way I went 10 for 16 uh, Kevin Adam both went eight of 16 so a nice early lead for me going into week two
0: how to let you win keep that confidence high yeah yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> all right so let's get to what people actually care about um, obviously the Patriots kicked their season off on Sunday uh, we got a 21-11 to 11 win over the Dolphins. Uh, some ups, some downs from that game. Definitely a lot to take away. What was your overall impression of that?
0: I was just amazed how comfortable Cam Newton looked. I know yeah. there was a lot of uncertainty coming into the game, whether we're going to use him as a runner, how he's going to fit into our system, but it was just so great to see McDaniels and Belichick rally around Cam Newton's strong points yeah. and just use him in that way, just rushing him 15 times. And I really like the like this, the empty sets in, in in the red zone where he would just take the ball and run to the outside. Yep. So that's going to be a really big help in the red zone.
1: Yeah, I think it's really exciting that like so quickly we already have that new facet to our offense. Um, we knew it was going to happen. Uh, we saw McDaniels do it with Tim Tebow, so we knew he'd use Cam Newton in a similar way. But, yeah, just like you, I was just surprised how quickly he picked it up considering mm-hmm. – you know, obviously it was a weird off season for everybody, but he joined the team, you know, like right in the middle of it. He even had a further delay to learning the playbook and everything like that. So that was pretty impressive. Um, defense looked great. Uh, three interceptions, a couple sacks. Really, the only scoring drive, a good scoring drive the Dolphins had was all the way at the end of the game. Even the field goal they hit, Byron Cowart got a hand on it, but it just mm-hmm. kind of like squeaked through. Um, but it was really the offense that had their struggles. Uh, you had Nick Folk missing that kick and then <sighs> Harry's fumble out of the end zone. I thought that was going to cost us the game. Yeah. Um, against a team like Seattle now this Sunday definitely can't afford to be leaving 10 points on the field.
0: Oh, absolutely not. Because like you said, against a team like Seattle, they're going to capitalize on our own mistakes. So, mm-hmm. and another thing that really stood out to me is how good Winovich looked on the outside. He was in yeah, the backfield, a lot of plays. He looked fast. I love his energy, man. He's got such a motor on him and that beautiful blonde hair, man. He's a great guy to watch. Yeah. But uh, I, another big I mean, thing. I the defensive
1: too, ends in general looked really good. I had, yeah. I was a little skeptical of um, both Derek Rivers and Dietrich Wise. Wise obviously had the much better training camp, but both guys kind of entered the offseason you know, on the bubble. They were going to mm-hmm. have to fight for their roster spots. And I know, I know for sure Rivers had a sack, but I'm pretty sure Wise had one too. And they both made you know some nice tackles and nice plays throughout the game.
0: Yeah, I think Wise had like three pressures too, or something like mm-hmm. that, and a QB hit. He had a really good day. And one more thing about the game was uh, David Andrews. Man, he's such a key yeah. part. Of Just our in Russia general, man,
1: the, the offensive line really looked Unbelievable. good. I mean, our, our five highest PFF graded players where I think in order it was like Shaq Mason, uh, David Andrews, Joe Tooney, Jermaine Illuminar, and the rookie, Mike Onwenu. So, I mean, and I think Isaiah Wynn might have been in there too. But mm-hmm. the offensive line looked really good. Um, Jermaine Illuminar, he is no Marshall Newhouse, thank God. <laughs> um yeah, that that was one thing that I was really happy to see, because uh, I was pretty worried about that right tackle spot, what we were going to do there. We already had to throw Kajust on IR, so if Illuminar didn't work out, we were going to either have to look at free agents, try and make a trade like we did last year, or we are going to have to turn to uh, one of the rookies.
0: Mm-hmm. And a really good thing to see as well was the productivity from our backfield, too, and A guy like J.J. Taylor, man, he showed a real
1: nice glimpse of what he has in store for us. Yeah, man, did what he could with his limited reps. I definitely Mm -hmm. expect him to get some more uh, this upcoming game. He's going to get some more volume with the carries and everything. And, yeah, just in general, all the backs looked pretty good. Yeah, Burkhead, White, and then, you know, Michelle, Taylor, and it's obviously exciting that you better say Sony. Harris back too.
0: I know we got a loaded backfield, man, but my only question with this team, I know there's not a, too much to evaluate after just one week of, of a game, but um, if we go down big, say we go down in Seattle 14, nothing in the first quarter, do we have the offensive firepower to come yeah. back in a game like that?
1: Yeah, I, I, think, I think there were a lot of positives from the game. I think the two biggest takeaway takeaways as far as um, things we still need to address one uh Nick Folk he may be better than Gerard but he's a stopgap kicker. I mean he's just kind of like a temporary fix till we get our next guy. Uh that 45 yarder I mean it wasn't even really that close. Oh that's just not shake something we, can, we can't be having cuz we already knew coming into the season 50 plus we'd be going for it on fourth down but once you start getting to like 45 range that's stuff you got to be able to hit, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, it's got to really be automatic. And then the other big takeaway is that Receiving-wise, I mean, Cam really doesn't have many weapons. Um, But really, the offense just looked better because it's kind of the same story as Brady last year, except obviously Cam can run. So we do Mm -hmm. have more options. But, um, yeah, we'll see. Hopefully, a guy like Devin Asiasi will be able to step up a little more. Um, Nikhil Harry, he looked all right. Obviously, the fumble was really bad. Um, I know Edelman had a drop early, but then kind of picked it up. And then Mm – Demir Myers, Bird was silent, though. Yeah, Myers and Demir Bird were basically didn't
0: know Nowhere to be found. So that kind of transi- transitions me into this next question. With all the rumors going around the league the last few days between Allen Robinson and OBJ wanting to be traded, who would you rather have if we Personally, were to be interested?
1: If, if we're talking just in terms of player, I think you have to go Odell Beckham just because he showed last night that, you know, he's still a very quality wide receiver, regardless of the struggles he's had since he's gotten to Cleveland. But um, he also just, he has, if if it really is the case that just Cleveland system doesn't suit him, and if ours would be better for him and he comes here and just plays like he does in New York right away, that's huge. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you're taking a bigger risk with him than Robinson. Um, he has the bigger contract got year Robinson is uh he's about 10 million this year he's obviously an expiring contract which you know not great because we could lose him but it's also going to make his value a lot lower whereas Odell we'd probably have to give up a first round pick and change seeing as uh Cleveland gave up so much for him only like a year ago so yeah you know it's a new GM but he still knows it would be career suicide to trade Odell for like a third you know Mm -hmm.
0: that'd be a don't want to look like Bill O'Brien
1: So I'd say everything taken together, I'd go Allen Robinson. I think he's also just like the more consistent performer. I -hmm. think Odell has the higher ceiling, but Allen Robinson week in week out is probably going to give us what we need. But either way, either guy I'd love to have on the team. And I think they'd really make a huge improvement for us. Um, They'd both give us the deep threat we need. And I think with one of them, uh, wear a lock to win the IFC East, personally. Yeah. yeah.
0: I mean, between both of them, you can't really go wrong with either because they're just such such playmakers with the ball in their hands, you know? Both can run such precise routes or fast off the ball, can make plays after contact. Just one thing that scares me about Odell is he's l- still a little bit of a head case. Like, even yeah, after his yep. touchdown, everybody was rallying around him, but it's like, he's kind of like still like the cheerleader. You know what I mean? If he's happy, yeah. everybody's happy. If he's mad, everybody's mad. Maybe that would change in New England. But the one thing I really like about it is how Cam and OBJ are really good friends. So just like picturing that, I just want to see the Instagram picture of them both in the Patriots jersey together, you know, to fire me up. But like you said, man, either guy, you can't really go wrong.
1: Yeah, definitely. And even if it's not one of them, uh, I think to really make any sort of run in the playoffs, or to really push for this AFC East championship we have to get a receiver between now mm-hmm. and the trade deadline.
0: Mm-hmm. Cuz because... as it's looking right now, yeah, I don't I don't know if we can like we were just mentioning a couple minutes ago if we're down big early on or at any point I don't think we have the attack to come back. We have yeah. we're going to win games by controlling the offensive line and the running game and milking the clock and just getting yep. long drives and making sure we get seven on the board. But I will say it is so fresh to see Cam Newton out there. It's like I said earlier, especially in the red zone, just his ability to run and just take off whenever he sees any open yardage. It's just something us Patriots fans have been, haven't seen all of our lives. You know, we're so used mm-hmm. to Brady just taking a knee, right as he's about to get hit, and just not picking up any extra yards. Yeah, but
1: spiking the ball at the ground is the yeah, yeah, know.
0: yeah, yeah. So, should we do some game picks now? Week two yeah, game man. picks. Let's go right into what it. Are, all right, so what are we I'll, thinking? Uh,
1: I'll read off these. Uh, I'll read off each game with the spreads. I've got Kev's pick in front of me too. He can't really be here to defend himself, but I'll give him to you guys anyways, and then you and I can kind of explain why we picked who. So, first game we've got Giants and Bears. Bears are the five and a half point favorites. Who you got?
0: Giants Bears. I'm taking the Giants, man. I think it's going to be a bounce back week. They got to get Saquon more involved, as we saw against the Steelers. He had. 15 rushes for six yards, that's uh, that's garbage. That's that's really – I think I could do better, and I think you could do better too. <laughs> but um, I'm going to go with the Giants there. I think Chicago's riding really high off that crazy fourth quarter comeback against the Lions, and I think mm-hmm. they're going to
1: come back down to life this week. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I, I'd have to agree with you there. Giants, they struggled a lot against Pittsburgh's defensive line um and the bears i would say arguably have a better defensive line if not just as good i think guys like khalil mack and akeem hicks are gonna have a field day and this giants offense i I think it's gotten a lot better through the air but if they can't run the ball at all i mean really you're not you're not doing anything and i think it's gonna be i think it's gonna be a bit of a close game so so i've got the bears um I've got the Bears in that one. I think they're going to tear through that offensive line, and uh, I think it's really going to be a tough day for Daniel James.
0: Mm-hmm. What was Kev's pick?
1: Uh, Kev also, he went with the Giants, actually, in an upset. Nice. Glad I'm not the only one. <laughs> All right. Uh, next game we got here, we've got the Los Angeles Rams and the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, the Eagles are the one-and-a-half-point favorite. Who you got?
0: I'm taking the Rams, man. They looked really good against Dallas. I liked how Malcolm Brown
1: looked in that running game,
0: and they got Woods involved very early on. He had like three or four receptions in the first drive, mm-hmm. and they just signed him to a big, con- big extension today. So I think that's a very underrated team in a very tough division that kind of gets forgotten about. So I think they're gonna, the Rams are gonna keep keep that momentum up and get past the get past them.
1: Yeah, I mean Sunday night. That game was definitely a huge boost for Rams fans because everyone was expecting, as far as the run game, Cam Akers to make a big impact. And then he didn't even really have to do much because you had Malcolm Brown just going off against Dallas. Um, Yeah, and the the Rams, the way that their offense started the game, they just drove right down the field like four straight times. They got kind of unlucky having to settle for field goals. That's what made the game close. But Philly coming off that loss to the Redskins, I have no confidence in them against the Rams.
0: Yeah, that was a really tough loss for the Eagles.
1: Yeah, that, was that tough. Uh, blowing that lead too. You know, it it's one thing to, one thing to have lost that game, but they had it. They had it won and just fell apart. I think that's that's a that's a potentially season changing loss because now mm. they're gonna come into this game against the Rams. They've just lost all their confidence and they're playing a good team. It's a very losable game. And then if they drop this one, go down to zero and two, you already have leaders in the locker room like Zach Ertz, he's unhappy that he can't get an extension done. You know, things like that. The the cracks are starting to show a little bit. I was seeing rumors today that people don't think Doug Peterson will get through the season. So uh Ooh, wow could be could be a pretty tough year in Philly.
0: And it's not even that they blew the lead. They lit up twenty seven unanswered points to yeah. the Redskins. A lot you know
1: of it? they had a couple couple turnovers too. Chase Young had a big forced fumble late. Um I think getting Miles Sanders back will definitely help them, and I think that if he had played against Washington, the offense probably would have been able to put that game away. Um, but yeah, against against this better Rams defense, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't think he'll be enough.
0: What's All Kev right. taking for this one?
1: Kev Kev agreed with both of us. He went Rams plus one and a half. Nice. All right. So now for our third game, we've got. The Dallas Cowboys—they're the five and a half point favorites against the Atlanta Falcons. Both teams coming off a loss. Who you got?
0: This is kind of ballsy, but I'm going Atlanta, man. I—I I got Matt Ryan in fantasy, so I might be a little biased. Right, but I wasn't—I right. wasn't shocked by Dallas at all in Week One. I didn't—I thought yeah. they really underperformed. Mike McCarthy was a boneheaded plate. Boneheaded decisions in the fourth quarter. Why would you not take your field yeah, goal down three with rough. ten minutes to go? What are you doing, Mike? Never had a field goal yeah. to win the game in the last drive. But I think Atlanta's ready for a bounce-back week. They're a really high-powered offense. Calvin Ridley, Julio Jones, they looked really
1: good last week.
0: Mm-hmm. And um, I don't think Atlanta's going to win, but I'm going to take them with the points.
1: Okay, so there's that. Enough. Yeah, um, I'm going to go Dallas. I... I don't know. This this is a really tough one for me because Atlanta's offense just looks so good against Seattle. Um, their defense just couldn't really hold it together. Um, but when you look at Dallas, I mean, already after week one, you've got Leighton Van Der He fractures his collarbone. He's done for like eight weeks. So he'll be back, tail end of the season. And then mm-hmm. Blake Jarwin, torn ACL, done. So already they're on to a backup tight end. I don't know. I, I think also... Cowboys fans they're complaining an awful lot about that offensive pass interference late in the game. Ah. Um, but they're conveniently forgetting about the uh roughing the passer that should have been called when Goff threw that pick like a drive earlier. So Yep. I think the Rams I, I people are making a big deal out of the refs in that game. I think the Rams would have got should have gotten it done either way, but um I've got Dallas to bounce back here. I don't think I don't think they'll blow him out, but I've got him to probably just get over that five and a half points.
0: And uh, what did Kev have, have for that one too?
1: Kev agrees with you. He's got Atlanta plus five and a nice, half. Nice, nice.
0: And just before we go into the next game, I want your opinion. Was that a pa- pass interference or no on that last
1: drive? What would you think? I think – I'd say no. I think that there was a, like a like a slight extension of his arm. I think it was a soft call, but I think ultimately – you know say what you will about it but that's that's a crafty play by jalen ramsey at the end of the day he was he was he could either have kept running and given up a play that would have lost them the game or he can bend backwards and flail his arms in the air (laughs) and he knows he'll get a flag for that you see guys do that all the time in the nfl so yeah i I'd, i'd say i'd say it was a soft penalty
0: it's not when you wanted to see be called in the last couple last minute. Yeah, of the game. Yeah. I,
1: yeah, I definitely at agree that with moment,
0: that. you know, but I will say from, I don't, I didn't agree with the call. I don't think it was a penalty, but you got to look from the ref standpoint when they see that yeah. arm extend, they saw that they saw Ramsey falling back. You got to throw it, you know, you, it was too obvious not to, mm-hmm. but kind of a ticky tacky call, but it is what it is.
1: Yeah. And then I, I mentioned it already, the the golf, uh, pass interference was way more blatant than that he, he got hit like right in the face before he left or uh, after he had let the ball go so mm-hmm. i mean it, it kind of is what it is that's the nfl for you it's gonna be missed calls all the time but ultimately the the rams got it done regardless so moving on to the next game um oh man i'd only have all right here we go uh we've got the tampa bay buccaneers and the carolina panthers the Buccaneers are the eight and a half point favorites in that one. Who you got?
0: I was a little skeptical about this one, but I'm going Bucs because this should be a bounce back week for Brady and the boys. The way they just got they got demolished by the Saints, it didn't look like they were ready for that game. And I'm expecting this Bruce Arians to get that locker room ready to go. And Brady looks pissed too. You see all the pictures and videos yeah, and interviews yeah, of yeah, Brady. Yeah. He just a happy Brady is not not one to mess with. So I think Carolina is going to put up a fight and shock some people for a little bit, but then I think towards the end of the game, the Bucks will pull away. So I'm going to take Bucks with the points.
1: Yeah, so, the, and this one, I honestly, I like literally just changed this pick. I've got the Panthers. Um, not not to win, but I've just got them to make it closer than that. And the big reason for this, I was making this pick earlier. I was kind of going back and forth, and I figured, you know what? Bucs, uh, they're going to come out. They're going to get Leonard Fournette further integrated into the offense. And then now, you know, you've got Mike Evans fully healthy. But Chris Godwin, concussion protocol, out. doubtful. Yep. or He's out, ruled out now. I knew he was sure, yeah. doubtful. I... So no Godwin. Now Now you're basically right back to square one. You had You had Mike Evans, who really couldn't do much last week, and basically just Chris Godwin. Now you've got Chris Godwin out. Mike Evans is gonna be a lot better, but I'm sure he's still not fully one hundred percent. As I said before, Fournette might get integrated into the offense more, but he's not gonna be he's not gonna be up there. He's not gonna be getting twenty five handoffs, you know what I mean? No. So Yeah. And then I mean Carolina, they're they're a pretty good team. Uh obviously like McCaffrey and Bridgewater had solid outings last week. Robbie Anderson looked good. DJ Moore struggled a little bit, but I think they've got what it takes to not necessarily win that game, but to maybe lose it by a field goal or even a touchdown and still cover the spread.
0: Yeah, eight and a half points is a lot, man. That's what I was so skeptical yeah, about. Yeah, com- coming,
1: coming off a big loss like that, you would think that, you know, they'd, they'd be, a little, be a little lighter on that one.
0: Yeah. And what was Kev's pick for that?
1: Uh, he, he was with you picking Tampa Bay. Nice. Repeat repeat of last week. I picked the Saints. You both picked the Bucks. So uh we'll I,
0: I might have to jump on your side if we'll you'll see, uh, man. You start All getting right. hot, man. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. So we got the next game here. Probably the easiest pick of the week. But then again, we said that about Philly and Washington last week. Uh San Francisco six and a half point favorites against the Jets. Who do you got?
0: San Fran. I don't really yeah. got to say much about it. They're going to bounce back. A tough loss against Arizona last week. I wasn't really watching that full game because I had the, the Brady game going, obviously against the uh, against the Saints. But I, I looked at it and it looked like they were doing pretty well midway through the game.
1: Then all of a sudden, I looked at the score and
0: Arizona's up. I'm like, what is yeah. going on right now? They kind of just they kind of just finish, though,
1: Yeah, Kyle yeah. Harry had a big drive to end that game, put Arizona but, uh, ahead.
0: I think San Fran bounces back and beats the Jets.
1: Um. Yeah, I mean, I'd say there's no way the 49ers lose this game, just seeing what we saw from the Jets week one. And um the big thing already with the Jets is Darnold has really nobody around him. Come, that was coming into week one. It showed in week one. And now this yep. week, he's got no Jamison Crowder. That's his top receiver. And he's got no Le'Veon Bell. Mm-hmm. So they're going to do absolutely nothing against that 49ers defense. Might be a if this was if Fort if San Francisco was favored by 10 and a half. I might think a little more about this one because George Kittle is ruled out already, I believe. Yeah, uh, Brandon Ayuk is still nursing a hamstring injury. I think he's a game time decision. They did bring in Mohammed Sanu, but um, obviously, as we know,
0: <laughs> Sanu,
1: you can't really oh, rely on him for your offense. And obviously, you know, Debo Samuel, he's on IR as is Richard Sherman. So they won't be back for a little while. Uh, I'm going to go, I'm going to San Francisco though, to get the win. I think they'll win by like seven or eight points, but my, I don't know. I, it's, I guess a hot take to make at this point in the season way things are looking right now. I don't think the 49ers are making the playoffs. I don't know what you think about that.
0: uh, It's pretty early in the season to tell, but, when we were talking about the Rams, what I when I said earlier was that's a the Rams are a very low key team that gets forgot about in such a tough division. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if San Fran is, becomes that fourth the fourth best team in that division the way the Rams have looked so far. Yeah, so, the NFC I
1: mean, just looks loaded this year. Exactly. Yeah, like it it doesn't even like even with that seventh spot they've added, it doesn't seem like it's really gonna change much because you look at last year the Rams would have gotten that seventh spot and like they weren't really that good last year. You know what I mean? But you look yeah. at this year in the NFC, it's going to come down to, like, the Vikings, maybe, like, the Cardinals or Rams, potentially the 49ers. Maybe Philly is able to sneak back in. There's, like, a lot of quality teams in that.
0: Mm-hmm. One thing before we make, go to the next pick, how tough is it going to be to see Muhammad Sanu catch four balls and a touchdown <laughs> on Sunday? That's uh, going to suck. It's Because it's going to happen. It's definitely going to happen.
1: I hate to root against them because, I like... He he seems like a really good guy and he was always doing the workout vids with Kev. He's liked some of our posts on Instagram, but you know how it is, man. When Bill Belichick makes a decision, <laughs> you're automatically you're, first thing, first thing, Rob Gronkowski trade, that fourth round pick from him, that turned into Dalton Keen. I'm I'm hoping for the rest of his career that Dalton Keene outperforms Rob Gronkowski every single week. <laughs> Well, wouldn't would, that be nice?
0: Would don't be quite nice, me. but
1: yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think Sanu was definitely like a guy that the Forty ers needed, and I think there was probably a big sigh of relief when they were able to get him, just because I, I honestly don't even know who their receivers were on Sunday. I think it was, I think Dante Pettis was their wide receiver number one. So, yeah, they
0: needed, they needed some help. Big yeah, time. San,
1: Sanu was big for them. Hopefully, they'll get some guys back this week, but. It's still definitely, like, I mean, it's, it's probably as bad a start to the season they could have injury-wise. The only, the only other thing that could have happened is that Jimmy Garoppolo tears his ACL again. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, it's everyone else is picking up injuries. Um, and then for that game, Kev had the 49ers as well. Nice. Six and a half. <sighs> All right. So now we get on. We've got the Steelers and the Broncos. Pittsburgh is the six and a half point favorites. Who you
0: got? Oh, okay. So this is when I had, when I did these, I had Denver seven and a half. So now yeah. you're saying it's six and a half. It's six kinda, and a half. Kind of yeah. changes things a little bit right Sight there. We used. Um, I'm going to go Pittsburgh now. If okay. it was seven and a half, I was thinking Denver, but Pittsburgh looks really good, man. I will be honest. I hate the Steelers as any new England fan should. And it kills me to say this, but it was nice to see big Ben back out there. It was such a struggle to see all the quarterbacks they had last year in that offense struggling so hard. And like I said, I hate the Steelers. I don't want them to see. I don't want them to do good. But it was really nice to see Big Ben back out there running that offense, and he looked pretty good too. First quarter was a little shaky, but the the rest of the game he looked like normal Big Ben. So I think that offense. Oh, and Juju too. Juju looks like he's back in form. So I think the Steelers are uh, another a low, very low key team in the in the AFC that could maybe compete for that division, but. Um, for denver yeah i think they'll they'll get right past denver At drew lock didn't really do anything crazy that caught my eye in week one so i think uh pittsburgh should be able to roll them
1: yeah um i think yeah did i go pittsburgh too no i all right i went denver good all right uh broncos <laughs> i don't know they looked pretty good against the titans despite no courtland Sutton. i thought I thought that was going to be a bigger deal than it was. They still I mean Melvin Gordon looked better than I thought he would. Guys like that were able to step up, step up. Sorry. Uh and if they have Cortland Sutton back this week, which I think I think they're supposed to. Yeah. Uh, I think Denver will be able to get that done, and cover the spread. I mean six and a half. They could lose by a field goal, by four, or whatever, still cover it. Um Drew Locke looked pretty good. And then Pittsburgh. I don't know. The, the offense worries me a little bit. They got off to a really, really bad start on Monday Night Football. And if the, if the Giants could have just capitalized on some of those opportunities, they really could have pulled away. You've got mm-hmm. Daniel Jones throwing that pick at the goal line. They recover a fumble at the five and have to settle for a field goal because Jones missed wide open Evan Ingram on third and goal. Just in general, stuff like that. I mean, they're leaving points on the field. And it was a relatively close game, you know, going into the fourth quarter and stuff. So I think Denver will be able to pull that one out.
0: One thing for Denver though, it wasn't wasn't really good to see Jerry Judy having hands
1: like Aaron Dobson in Week One.
0: Yeah. Oh man, he was letting balls slip right through it every time, bro. But he's so quick, though. I'm excited to see what him and Drew Locke can do in the future. But for this week, I'm taking I'm taking Pitt. You're going Denver. What is what is Kev thinking?
1: Kev says Pitt minus six.
0: Dude, all do right. me and Kev have the same pick for everyone right now?
1: Just about. I think basically all of them. Oh, nice. Uh, maybe, maybe you got different ones here. All right. Uh, we've got the Jaguars and the Colts. Or, I'm sorry. Jaguars played the Colts last week. We did the Jaguars <laughs> and the Titans. Jaguars had the huge win over the Colts last week. I don't think anybody expected that to happen. Uh, mm-hmm. Gardner Gardner Minshew, he had like a crazy pa- good passer rating. What did he throw? Like two incomplete passes the whole something game? crazy, yeah. Something like that. With I mean, you look at his offense, it's like DJ Shark and LaViska Chenult. That's like the only yeah, people home. I know on that offense. So <laughs> so yeah, I mean the Jaguars definitely looked good. Titans, I don't know. A little iffy, but that's mostly Steven Gustowski's fault. Um <laughs> That's another example of, I love Steven Gostowski, but hey, Bill cut him. I, I also love to see it look like Bill made a <laughs> good decision. Gostowski goes one of four, and I mean, he was missing everything. I think he missed, He start, I think he started off, he missed like a 48 yarder or something where it was yeah. kind of like, okay, people miss those sometimes. Then he missed like a 40 yarder. And then he missed, like, a 31-yarder, and then he had one <laughs> get blocked. An extra point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was an point, extra point, dude. And then he finally makes that one to win the game. Um, I don't know. That might be a temporary thing. Uh, hopefully, Tennessee can figure that out. That's really going to hurt them. But uh, you got Jacksonville minus – or, I'm sorry, plus 10-and-a-half. Who do you got oh, in that
0: it, one? It, it, it's 10-and-a-half?
1: 10 and Dude, a half. I, ha- I took Jacksonville plus seven and a half, bro.
0: Throw it in Jacksonville plus 10 and a half. Oh my, that's a lock, man. That tough division matchup. I am. I'm very shocked of how well Gardner Mincher is doing right now. And I, I'm not betting against that guy, man. That stash is the real deal. So I'm, I'm taking Jack definitely plus 10 and a half. I think it'll be yeah. a good game though.
1: I mean, and if you've got Steven Gaskowski missing kicks, like, <laughs> right, it's going to be really easy for the Jaguars to lose by single digits or to even get a win there so i'm also going to go jacksonville plus 10 and a half kev had the same thing so we move on to green bay versus detroit this one was kind of crazy when i saw this spread uh green bay after that huge offensive performance against the vikings they put like what 45 points 44 points on him or something yeah something like that.
0: crazy Aaron Rodgers you've got insane. the Lions
1: who choked that lead against Chicago Green Bay only favored by five and a half who you got there
0: I'm taking Green Bay man Aaron Rodgers looks like he's on a different level right now he looked unbelievable some of the throws he was making against the Vikings in week one like Patrick Mahomes asked like early two early 2010 aaron Rodgers kind of arm but i'm gonna ride the hot hand i'm gonna go with green bay like you said detroit just absolutely blew a fourth quarter lead so they're definitely not too happy i think patricia might be out, out the door before this year's over at one point but um i think green bay
1: green bay yeah uh i think that's a pretty easy pick i get the packers um I, I'm just really surprised that that's all they got. I wouldn't have been surprised if they came in like a 10-and-a-half favorite, 10-and-a-half point favorite, something like that. I'm surprised that Tennessee – I mean, Tennessee-Jacksonville, I think is going to be a much closer game than Green Bay-Detroit. So that's a pretty easy pick to make. Yeah, um, Kevin obviously had the same thing there. Next game up here, we've got Buffalo Bills at Miami Dolphins. The Bills are the five-and-a-half point favorites. Who you got?
0: i'm going with the bills mm-hmm. i um miami as long as, if fitzpatrick's still playing quarterback i think you know what you're getting out of that i don't think the might i don't think uh-huh. miami's scoring more than 17 against that bill's defense and five and a half that means the bill's in by a touchdown and i'm good so i think the final score will be like 27 17 or 24 17 which mm-hmm. would cover so definitely taking the bills
1: yeah i mean tough start for ryan fitzpatrick to go from You know Stephon Gilmore and Devin McCourty to Tre'Davious White and Micah Hyde. You know, Mm -hmm. and I mean you you've got two of the better secondaries in the NFL. Um, I personally am a little bit excited about this game because I just got a feeling that Fitzpatrick he's going to have a bad first (laughs) half, first quarter, and then we're going to see Tua make his NFL debut maybe at the end of the game. Uh, I'm a little bit I'm actually a little bit surprised he didn't get named starter ahead of this one. Um, I thought Fitzpatrick was going to get it going into week one, even though I guess Tua was, like, fully healthy by the end of training camp. But, yeah, I mean, after throwing three picks and only putting up 11 points, I was surprised that they're not giving Tua a shot. But it does make sense to be cautious with that hip injury. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've got Buffalo to cover that spread. Minus five and a half. Kev agrees with us. Uh, so we move on to the Minnesota Vikings at the Indianapolis Colts. And the Colts after their loss to Jacksonville are the three and a half point favorites. Who you got here?
0: <laughs> I'm taking Minnesota, man. I can't believe Indy's favorite in this game. I know it's in in Indianapolis, but like you just said, they just yeah, no literally lost Yeah, they literally just lost to Jacksonville in, in a mm-hmm. game everybody thought that Jacksonville would get waxed. I will say that it should be a bounce back week for Indy and Phillip Rivers, but it should be a bounce-back week for Minnesota, too. They shouldn't be giving up 44 points like that. That defense is yeah. a lot better than 44 points. But, so. hey,
1: I mean, what did Indy give up to Jacksonville? 35?
0: Yeah, this might be a score fest.
1: Yeah. Honestly. It might, this might be a pretty high-scoring game. I think for Minnesota, um, I believe they might be getting Daniil Hunter back for this game. That would be really big That would be them. big, yeah. Um, especially just because I think Indy is going to be just running it a ton going forward because that's really all they were. That successful with against Jacksonville, Phillip Rivers still looked pretty bad. And their backfield, just even with Marlon Mack tearing his Achilles, I think Jonathan Taylor is the uh, – got to take that one back. Clyde Edwards-Alaire is looking pretty good. But I think Jonathan <laughs> Edwards, second-best rookie to come out of this class. Um, rookie running back, that is. I think he's going to have a big year. And then Naheem Hines had a huge game last week, uh-huh. scored, like two touchdowns. 30 fantasy points. I made sure to pick him up.
0: Oh, Uh, he's on my team now.
1: (gasps) Yeah, I mean, (laughs) Minnesota's a pretty easy pick there. I can't believe they're the underdogs, and obviously Kev has that one too. All right, next game here. We've got the Washington football team (laughs) (laughs) at the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, Cardinals obviously got that huge win over the Niners. Washington with a big one of their own Cardinals are the six and a half point favorites. Who you got?
0: I got Arizona.
1: I think they really, really looked uh, great
0: against San Fran in week one. And they kind of shocked me because I, I know they always play their division rivals hard, but this team's legit, man. I didn't think they were going to be this good this quickly, but it Kyler Murray kind of looks like the real deal. And I, I see Arizona starting off two and zero and kind of going through Washington. And, I will say Washington's comeback against uh, the Eagles was really cool and all amazing comeback, but uh, I don't think that magic's going to continue.
1: Yeah, um, I don't think that magic is going to continue in terms of a win this week, but I I do think it's really cool how the team's kind of like rallying around Ron Rivera.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah He got like
1: diagnosed with cancer. He had to get like an IV at halftime. Half. Mm-hmm. Dwayne Haskins stepped up. He made the halftime speech, and then obviously whatever he said, The Washington football team came out and had a huge second half, made that comeback, got a big win. Their confidence is going to be super high coming into this game. Cardinals should be too. And I just think the big thing here is DeAndre Hopkins, like already, first game with Kylo Mary, just looked like an absolute monster Mm -hmm. against, you know, 49er secondary, pretty good, had probably Richard Sherman on him for most of the game. And I think he had like 15 receptions for 150 yards. Or something yeah, he went like off. Like already he's Kyler Murray's favorite target. And, you know, it was really just like making plays all over the place. So, yeah, I've got Arizona. Kev agrees with us. Uh, so we move on to the Baltimore Ravens against the Houston Texans. Ravens are favored by six and a half. Who you got?
0: Going Ravens. Texans really didn't look good at all against the Chiefs on that Thursday night, week one game. So they didn't do anything that shocked me. So I think the Ravens will roll. I'll
1: take yeah. the Ravens. Chiefs, Chiefs had a pretty tough Thursday night, and the Ravens, they looked good against the Browns. Uh, that's going to be tough for Houston to start this thing off 0-2. And I don't know, that could, that could, be, a, that could be a tough AFC South to win this year. Mm-hmm. So, yep, I got Baltimore, you got Baltimore, Kev's got Baltimore to move on. We've got Kansas City minus eight and a half against the Chargers.
0: Ah, see, these kind of games in these divisions, I feel like these teams, when they play each other, the Chiefs and the Chargers, they always play hard, and it's always a close game. But, like, the way Mahomes can score so quickly, dude, I can't – I cannot bet against Mahomes. So I'm going to take KC. Kind of a lot of points, but I'm going to go KC.
1: Okay. Uh, Yeah, I'm going to go KC, too. I think the Chargers, they're very lucky because – They were about to lose that game against the Bengals. You get what would Uh have been the game-winning touchdown, gets called back for an OPI. Then a chip shot field goal gets missed. And the Bengals had all the momentum at that point on that final drive. I think – I mean, they were just moving it right down the field. I think Burrow was like 7 of 8 with like 15 rushing yards on that last drive. So, if the Bengals had gotten the ball first, it was going to be game over. So, they're really lucky to have gotten out of there with a win um and kansas city they looked really good thursday night so yeah i think they'll be able to get that one done and uh kev agrees with us so we're gonna skip the pats game we're gonna leave that for last so we're gonna jump to monday's game you've got the saints most likely without michael thomas minus five and a half against the las vegas raiders who you got
0: i'm still gonna go new orleans i think it'll be a big big day for Kamara that I feel like that offense looks pretty good, even though breeze kind of struggles with this throws downfield and it's more evident than ever now. And without Mike Thomas, obviously that's a huge, huge missing piece, but I I think the, think the Saints would be able to get it done, but the Raiders looked pretty damn good in week one. Uh, what's his face? Josh Jacobs looked like an absolute monster. So that, that's kind of scares me. I would not be shocked at all. If the Raiders actually win this game, it's one of those games. that's kind of up in the air. I could, especially with Michael Thomas out, but, um, to play played on the safe side, I'm going to take New Orleans.
1: Yeah, this one where if the Saints were favored heavier, I maybe would have gone with the Raiders, but I feel like five and a half is a good number for them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and this this is a game where you can see that the Emmanuel Sanders signing is gonna become so important. I mean, if this had if this had happened last year, it would have been what, Traquan Smith as their wide receiver number one. So I think that's pretty big there. I think Jared Cook's probably gonna have a big day. Same with Kamara and Saints are gonna get it done. And Kev actually finally disagrees with you. He's got Las Vegas plus five and a half.
0: About time. About time, Kev.
1: (laughs) All right. So now we've got the game that everyone cares about. Sunday night football.
0: Sunday night fucking
1: football, baby. Pam Newton against the man that Bill Belichick called the best quarterback in the NFL earlier this week. You've got Russell Wilson and the Seattle Seahawks versus – the New England Patriots. Patriots are the four-and-a-half point underdogs. Who you got?
0: Dude, I can't bet against the Pats, man. It's four-and-a-half. I'm taking New England. This is going to be a dog fight, man. And I tell you what, I am fired the hell up for this game. Because if we win, that's a freaking statement, dude. That's what it is. This is Definitely. the game that that's, I've had circled on my calendar for months saying, if we can go into Seattle and win, that puts the whole league on the map. And just knowing that, knowing how big – this game is and how much it means. I feel like Belichick is going to have his guys ready, ready to go, and I'm taking the wingham four plus four and a half.
1: Uh, <laughs> yeah, same same thing here. So hyped for this game. I can't bet against the Patriots. Uh, four and a half, not the best number. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm a little surprised Seattle didn't get more. I think if Seattle had fans, they would have been like ten and a half point favorites, nine and a half, but four and a half not bad the the thing that i hate to say is that this game at least the lead up to it in my mind it reminds me so much of the baltimore sunday night football that oh
0: year. i don't it want to like, hear that
1: it was like we were flying high eight and oh the ravens were that first big test sunday night football it was like if we win that game then it's like it's done. It's we're, we're gonna we're going to the Super Bowl. We're gonna we might go sixteen and zero and just couldn't stop Lamar. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Hopefully that doesn't happen. Um, I like our matchups in the secondary. I think we'll probably put Gilmore and DK Metcalf because he's a little bigger. Uh, I think Jason McCourty should do fine against Tyler Lockett. And then, you know, it really comes down to they used Chris Carson in the passing game a good amount last week. I think he had like two touchdown catches, but Mm -hmm. late game. I mean, that defense let up a lot of points to Atlanta. That was definitely something that, you know, gave me a little more hope for this week. Um, One thing that kind of sucks already is uh, second round pick Josh Uche. He's missed the last two practices. He missed last week against Miami. He has been officially ruled out the game on Sunday how big of an impact do you think that'll have
0: that's a pretty big blow man we haven't been able to see what he's what he's all about yet but um as much as it does suck I think we'll be okay without him because we haven't even seen him yet we know what to do it does suck I really am excited to see him and um Winovich be together those Michigan boys coming off the edge will be really cool but it playing a guy like Russell Wilson who can get out of the pocket so easily and just went 31 of 35 passing which is gross that's so gross. Yeah. We're going to have to make yeah. sure we get a lot of pressure on him and keep him contained. But I don't even know if that will be enough to stop that guy. But it, it does hurt. But I think seeing Wise and um and Derek Rivers looking a lot better last week. So maybe the, that should help us. But I am really excited to see Uche at one point.
1: Uh Yeah, I, I really did want to see Uche, especially because um, he was the pick that I was the most excited about immediately following the draft. He had a good training camp. Um, I had seen that NBC Sports' Peter King had actually picked him to win Defensive Rookie of the Year. So there was you know some legitimate hype surrounding him. And then now already he's getting the Nikhil Harry treatment. He's getting shelved for at least now the first two weeks. Mm-hmm. And I, I just want to say, I think it's crazy that what we've been able to do with our linebackers already. I mean, uh-huh. it's like we lost roberts jamie collins van Noy, hightower ops out that's all three that's three of our four starters and then probably the guy that's next on our depth chart alandon roberts so we come into this year we draft two guys early anthony jennings we get josh uche uche still hasn't played yet and jennings i don't even think had 10 snaps on sunday one of my buddies who's a steelers fan he asked me about you know. Going into the game, oh, who are your linebackers? I tell him, Jawan Bentley, Brandon Copeland, Shalik Calhoun. He started laughing, <laughs> and I mean, you look at what they did; they they held their own. You know, they pulled it out. You even had we slid Adrian Phillips down to inside linebacker for a play. He got an interception. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. I, it's just something about those linebackers. Bill Belichick can just scrape together all these guys from the bottom of the barrel, stick them in there, and just works.
0: Finds a way to work it, man. I know. What's your uh, What's your one key to the game?
1: My one key to the game: we gotta be able to move the ball through the air. This is going mm-hmm. to be a much tougher game than Miami, and where we can't be having these drives like we had last week, where we run it three times and punt. You know what yeah. I mean? We can't get so predictable with our offense. We're playing a better coach in Pete Carroll. And we're playing a better defense, really, um, with Seattle. Obviously, them not having Clowney this season is big, especially with the run game. But they still have a really solid um, defense just in general. And, yeah, we we need to be able to have variety on our offense. And you were saying it before. You know, the, if it comes down to late-game drive, Cam's going to run a two-minute drill, will he be able to do it? Mm-hmm. And that's that's going to be a question that we probably see answered on Sunday. How about you? What's your what's your big key to victory?
0: Um, I think it's going to be ball control. I don't think it's a secret that Seattle's offense is much more potent than ours. They can score a lot quicker. But if we can establish a run game and chew up some clock and have those long drives, they got to end in seven. You can't take three. But if we can have control the ball for majority of the time and take it out of Russ's hands, I think we'll be able to compete for the win. So. Kind of backpacking on what we did week one, establishing the run game with Cam and all of our backs. I think that's going to be huge. But we don't. What you don't want to see is if they load the box early and we can't get a run game going because that happens. We have to throw all game long. I don't think it's going to end well. It's going to
1: be rough, especially because Seattle they have a very much improved secondary this year. Um, You look at Shalique Griffith, uh, Pro Bowl corner last year. You know he's he's young. He's improving. You've got Jamal Adams. By now, he's he didn't do a ton against Atlanta, but you know, first game in the new defense, he's a guy that kind of gets used all over the place. He takes reps at linebacker. He can take reps at nickel corner, strong safety. He's going to be further integrated this week. I think we're lucky to be catching them at this point in the season mm-hmm. because I think by mid-season, week 10-ish around there, Jamal Adams is just going to look like a beast in this defense, so... I think we're lucky to get him week two while he's still getting acclimated, but yeah, this is a Seattle secondary that really can't be slept on, especially when our wide receivers are going to be Julian Edelman, Nikhil Harry, Demir Bird. You know what I mean? It's... Maybe
0: Gunner Is Gunner playing this week?
1: Nope. He got put on IR. So oh, you're right, first you're, right, three, you're right. First three weeks minimum. Shit.
0: I'm excited to see what yep. Gunnar's got. But you're right, man. Yeah, I,
1: I think we're going to – I forgot to mention that before. I also think as far as Robinson or Odell goes, Bill won't make any moves until he can have Gunner play and kind of just see what he's how got. that's able to improve our receivers. Mm-hmm.
0: Man, I think you're absolutely right. You can't really sleep on that Seattle uh, secondary, especially with Jamal Adams. Man, he, That guy's a star. But uh, if we can establish the game early, and another one thing, a little key component is we cannot play from behind.
1: As soon no, as we go no, down, no, 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 As no. soon
0: as we go down, it's it's done. It's, it's going to for be, down ten, it's done.
1: Yeah, we've got we've got to be in a situation where we get that little. They always they always bring up the stupid fucking graphic on Sunday Night Football, and Chris <laughs> Collins is always, oh, they're going for <laughs> the Bill Belichick double dip here. They're 28 and seven when they can score before halftime and then they score again with the first position of the third <laughs> so you'll probably hear him say that again and pull up some really dumb graphic where I don't know cam's like dressed up like a cowboy or something like <laughs> they always pull out just the dumbest stuff for Sunday night football graphics but um yeah I that's that's something where um if we can If we can stay within a possession, we get ball at half and we can, you know, get a scoring drive, get it either tied or maybe like down three, get the ball to start the third with Bill making his halftime adjustments. I think if we're in that spot, we're looking good. But if we're going halftime, even down seven and we're kicking off or we're down 10 and we've got the ball, I think that's that's going to be a really tough game.
0: Mm-hmm. And I will say, just looking at it from the outside, if we do go down 10 to stay positive, it'll be interesting to see what Cam really has because he really didn't have to make any crazy yeah. throws last week. So if he's no. actually down 10, we'll see what only he's only threw the ball about. 19 times. Yeah, exactly. And most of his throws weren't even tightly contested. So, no. like, and they weren't even much. I think he threw like one one ball more than 20 yards downfield, and I think it was the Adamant yeah. drop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, um, I mean, we'll see, yeah. man.
1: It's there's there's parts to be excited about, but those same things I'm a little nervous about. Um, definitely going to be an exciting game. Um, I'm can't wait to watch that Sunday night, and I'm sure we're going to have a lot of thoughts on that next week. So uh, thank you guys for listening. Before we go, just remembered it. Uh, Kevin also picked the Patriots. Nice. half So there's all our week two game picks. Uh, make sure you join us next week. We'll have our previews of week three pat's got the uh we don't have the chiefs yet do we
0: it's the raiders
1: raiders that's that's a pretty interesting game yeah has got the raiders at home we'll be previewing that and obviously we'll have our reactions to this huge huge seattle game thanks guys